Live. We are live. I like your shirt. It's very blue, bright yes. colors. And it says governors to Gitmo. Nice. Is that a new shirt? No, it's a, it's 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 I've had it for a while. It just Especially looks like it's been well lockdowns. maintained. It looks like because the colors in it appear to be popping to me. Yeah, yeah. they're very good. I like I like the it's barely broken down. Big fan of that. Yeah, you hate when a a good shirt like a a regular one in the regular rotation starts to break down a little bit. It's always disappointing. You almost have to go all the way back up to Target to get another copy of it. You know, the rock and roll t-shirt. I was never at the Rolling Stones. I didn't get a chance to see Led Zeppelin. I just got the shirts at Target. Yeah, well, and I have that. I have that same Led Zeppelin shirt. And I saw <laughs> an, a video on on TikTok today of a guy going around to people with different band shirts and asking them to name three three songs. And it was like not a single person could do it. Really? Well, one person. No, yeah, one person. On the guy with the Black Sabbath shirt was able to. But I'm like, how do you not know how to say three Led Zeppelin songs? Black Dog, Stairway yeah. to Heaven. There's two. I know more. When the Levee Breaks. Yeah. I mean, like the Immigrant Song. I mean, there's, I could name right. a solid few. Alive for sure. I like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> me too. Reminds me when I was in college. <laughs> and Leonard Skinner. Oh, I mean, Leonard's typical Leonard Skinner. You probably like him from Alabama, right? Yeah, I know that one song. What's that one song? Free Bird, is that what it's called? Oh, yeah, there's that one too. But yeah, Sweet Home Alabama lies and says that in Birmingham, we love the governor. Pfft. What? That's not true. I apologize for kid noises. We're doing our best. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's um, it's good to have kids around, Kim. They're, they're good. They, they bring a lot to the world, and Bill Gates doesn't want any more of them around. So I think the more people should have around... With that going on right now. So we are definitely live now. <laughs> and the media is trying to set a new standard in reporting. You're watching the Propaganda Report. I'm Brad Binkley. Join, joining me today is the co-host of the Mad Ones podcast, the one and only Cam Harless. Cam, how are you doing in your bright blue popping shirt? I'm doing well. I'm 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 getting tanner every day. I don't know if you can tell digitally. I, I looks like it. You you said you've been going outside um, for 15 minutes or so. I'm telling you. It, so I I went to the doctor, and she told me to go outside more. And I started doing what she said. And I I will tell you, it's like the best practice I think I've ever done in my life. I highly recommend anyone going outside 15 minutes in the morning, sitting in the sun, and just being. It's it's great. You're muted, though. Absolutely. I do that every day. I know it doesn't look like it through this camera <laughs> lens I got going on right now. My lighting's a little messed up, so I look really pale. I am pale, but I do go outside all the time. I'm not a huge tanner. I really if I had to work on my tan, and I don't want to be somebody who works on a tan. You, know, you don't want to yeah. tell people you're doing that if you're a guy. So typically, I go out and burn, and all these other people who just tan instantly, they really tick me off, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm usually a burner and then a tanner. So Burn it's tan. Yeah. So, but you know, she told me to start with fit like 15 minutes in the sun, shirtless. Well, she said a tank top, but I'm, I don't want that tan, that tan line. Sure. So just, Who's this doctor? Is this a woman? Is she coming over to the I, house to check did, in on you? Did I tell you the other thing she told me? No. Oh boy. 
this is the weirdest doctor I've ever had. She, I go in and I was vaping for a good long time and she has decided that vaping is not good for you. And it wasn't anything that happened in the last year and a half, two years that was stuck into people's uh, bloodstream or anything, but it's vaping that's killing young men and giving them myocard myocarditis. And um, that's stupid. Um, so she said she'd much rather me smoke cigarettes and then quit cigarettes than to, to vape anymore. And so she tells me to go outside with my shirt off and she tells me to smoke cigarettes. So every morning <laughs> I'm killing myself slowly, but all of the things I was worried about that was caused by not having enough vitamin D have been fixed at this point. You are muted. Oh, uh, Brad is having brief issues with trying to unmute his microphone. So as we, as we sit here and wait for him to figure that out, I'm just going to read my boy whips uh, comments and respond to them. Oh no, he took me off the screen. I see how it is. I see how it is. Okay. You can hear me now, right? <laughs> I can hear you now. <laughs> Streamyard's not letting me click on anything. I'm trying, I'm sitting there trying to click mute. And it's just staying where it is. And so you know how sometimes when your computer gets overworked and you like move a screen, that the screen kind of lingers the image of it. If you got your computer going too much at a yeah. time, so I move my web browser, and you can still see like a little corner of the web browser. And I think that's messing with it. I don't have that much stuff open right now. This stuff just kind of taxes the computer sometimes. I need yeah. to clean it out. Yeah, no, I, I, I can tell yours is more taxed than normal, and sometimes mine does that too. Yeah, because I'm my. My image is a little bit messed up here. I think that's what's going on. But I'm back. I'm just not going to mute it from now on. Um, yeah, so, yeah, vaping is killing the kids. has nothing to do with the vaccine. Unless they are getting vaccinated <laughs> through the vape, I have no idea. Well, I'm glad I got away from it then. I'm just puffing dark dark green menthols with my, my GC boys. You know, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> th the vaccine, right? We got the mask coming back. I don't know if you've seen this, but there's oh, a mask... It? coming back yeah they're coming back in full force i noticed it the other day last saturday not last saturday saturday before i went to the urgent care clinic because i think i might have told you i got had to like break up a fight between like five dogs and i was diving all over the pavement like an idiot and i have these wounds on my feet and knees and they've really taken a long time to heal and they hurt i didn't get bit i just slammed all over the pavement like an idiot but i, I went over there and they gave me antibiotic and when i went in had the the mask sign and they did something that has not happened in a while. They handed me a mask. I was like, I was the only one in there. I was the only person waiting. Is a big room. Made yeah. me put a mask on, which was fine. But then I started seeing that in the Cobb County court system here, they are starting to wear masks again. I saw okay. where some schools are voting to wear masks again. And I think they're bringing this back up. And as the school year gets closer, we're going to start to see some more of those, quote, domestic terrorist people having those shouting matches with each other at the town halls. And I feel like they're just gearing up for the, the fall right now to start to, I don't know if they're going to lock things back down for some reason, but now they're pointing to a new variant and right. Fauci's back out again. Fauci, we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Fauci's I'm back. I'm back in the news. Here I am. The virus is coming back, baby. <laughs> so you got me again. And I think we're going to be shifting to the PSYOP again. They're going to try. They try and balance all this stuff. You know, how can we keep people interested in solidarity with Ukraine, interested in wearing masks and caring about the global community while inflation is killing their own wallets? The stuff that they right. really care about. And 
they're really trying to work against the psyche of humans. They're trying to make people act against their own interests. And it's, I just don't see that working when people are having a hard time. Yeah, well, and I, I've noticed here, well, I'm in Florida, so we're kind of a different culture than Georgia. Y'all are a little bit more purple than we are. Um, but, you we know, in, Stacey in us. Right. Uh, in the doctor's offices, that's never changed. They're all, every time you go into a damn doctor's office, they, they tell you to put one on. But other than that, you walking around, you may see one loon with a mask still on around every now and then. But for the most part, you don't. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if after these huge heat waves that are going on right now subside and we start getting into the fall, they're going to start talking about how dangerous this is in colder weather. Like, I, th- I, th- I think that that's going to be the, the renewal. Yeah. yeah, I think so, too. Oh, and I'm wondering it, what not to get too dark or anything, but I've kind of had my eye on the World War III thing for a while, as a lot of people here have, I'm sure, which I kind of think we're already kind of in it, really. But it's just not going to look the way we think it's going to look. And we look back on history, you know, and we see these checkpoints in history that makes it seem so clear-cut and obvious when it started, when it ended. I don't think that's really how things work. I think it's very yeah. muddy. I think that the people who write history create that clear-cut timeline. I think we are in some form of cyber world war fortunately it is like cyber it's not good or anything i think less people will be hurt but yeah i think we're in a battle right now yeah well and i think if you look at like world war one for example um, a lot of people like to blame all of it on gavrilo precept the man who shot archduke franz ferdinand but they 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 failed to realize all of the the backlog of angst and anger and resentment that had been going on over time. And that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. That was right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, I think that that's what we're doing now where the, the straw is building up where we have, we have an overladen camel that's about the back's about to break. We just don't know what that final little moment, that little piece of the puzzle will be. Right. And it could really be anything they choose it to be. It yeah. could have been that Japanese former prime minister getting killed over there. It's whatever they can amplify if they need it. It, it. It's interesting the way they control the media. They can really make something that might otherwise get no attention in another timeline be the biggest thing in the world and say that it triggered World War Three. You guys in the chats, I saw some comments about Rockfin. So the show that we did the other day, there was apparently some glitches in Rockfin and it was stopping. When I went back and watched the video afterwards on StreamYard, we didn't have any of those glitches. I know that they were on Rockfin and other than the echoing at the end, but is it glitching right now? Let me know because I did see some comments there. Hopefully not. And, and am I glitching as well or just Brad? Am I glitching? Did somebody say? Well, no, I'm just wondering if, if they're seeing your movements and if my movements look the same. I'd... Oh, right. Yeah. No, your movements look fine. My computer's like taxed right now. I yep. think I had it on. I, I didn't turn it off last night. And so it's moving really slow. So that's my fault. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, I don't know if you saw this the other day, but apparently Fauci has come out and told everyone that he's retiring at the end of Biden's um, term. It's, I'm, you, done. I'm done. I'm yeah. done. Do you, th- why do you think that is? Do you think he's just aging out? Do you think he's being pushed out or for someone younger like Rachel Levine or whatever who can, push these ideas further and with more energy or someone who's more trustworthy to most people? Or do you think this is like, he thinks Donald Trump's coming back 
in 2024 and he doesn't want to be a part of that. I'm like 85 years old, Cam. I, I'm famous. <laughs> I'm at the peak of my fame right now. I'm going to go out and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to meet some ladies, if you know what I mean. Give him the jab. I think trust. I think you nailed it with trust. And I think trust. if Trump were to get in there, but I, I don't know if that Trump thing is really uh, a narrative. Maybe a thing between yeah. i mean he worked for trump before but trust is like the big thing right now i mean it's always the big thing trust is always yeah. the big thing it's why we don't like the media it's why things don't seem authentic to us and we don't believe them and it's why the elites had 12 or so panel discussions about how to rebuild trust in these controlling institutions because they don't have it and they know they don't have it because of the surveys that they did again i say that i want to say this over and over again because i think it is important to remember this they acknowledged at davos that while the elites of the world quote elites douchebags the hunter biden's of the world they they are working together more cooperatively more than ever however while they're cooperating more the people not just here of the world have grown to distrust them more and more so they're getting along. Nobody else likes them. They admit that, and they're trying to change that. And that's why we're seeing CNN pretend to push back on things. That's why we're seeing probably stuff like Fauci saying he's going to step down because I don't know anybody who trusts Fauci. I, I really don't. I, can you name any person who trusts Fauci? I can name people who might defend him and say, well, he's a, a scientist. But when it comes down to it, the guy has lied provably over and over again and obviously can't be trusted. I mean, I can name people. Um, I won't because they're too close to me and I don't want to do that to them. But no, I, I know a couple of people who do trust Fauci, but it's because they're full on bought into this lie. They're full on bought into the regime. They're full on bought into yeah. all of this. So they don't question much of anything. Um, yes. But no, I just, I just find it interesting. And I, all I hope is that it's Dr. Drew or Dr. Phil that takes over for him. Those are my those are my picks. Ooh, Dr. Phil. I, I like Dr. Drew, but Dr. Phil's more entertaining, I think. He's more of a hard A. Yeah, that's what I want. I, I want I want some um cash me outside, how about that? In that's the, what I was thinking about. In DC. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Phil's he 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 used to bring the people on and he would sit them down and tell them everything was wrong. They scream at him and stuff. Like uh <laughs> he didn't do the scared straight though, did he? I can't remember who did the scared straight where they brought all the the juveniles and then they brought in like the former convicts the guys who were in prison and they were just screaming in their face about what prison's like you never saw scared straight i never saw scared Stra well i, I I've, I've seen clips of scared straight yeah, it's not, not about gay or anything it's not like scaring people right. straight in that manner it's uh scaring them into not going to prison i don't know how effective it was but <laughs> something it. you said a moment ago actually fits right in with what i wanted to talk about a little bit today and it's a story that's been in the news for a couple of weeks. I haven't talked about it because it's weird. It was yeah. weird when it first came out. It's still weird. There's something off about it. I don't trust much about it. It seemed like a setup to me. I think it's kind of been proven to be a setup, but I also don't know if the confirmation of this story is actually 100% the confirmation either. It's a very weird thing, and it's that story about the 10-year-old girl who was apparently raped, got pregnant, and then traveled from, was it Ohio to Indiana to get the abortion yeah. or the other way? Yeah, Ohio to Indiana. And if so if we accept even a fraction but of that... Can, oh, can I just pause for a second? Um, either our food and the what we eat these days and the, the stuff that they put in our food or water has been so devastating that a 10-year-old girl already has her menses and is able to get pregnant, 
or this is the most ridiculous made up nonsense I've ever heard in my life. That is one of the weirdest things about it, too, that I haven't heard anybody talk about. I thought about that very same thing that I remember not long ago seeing something. I think it was like the Guinness Book of World Records, which is a weird thing to put in the Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah, youngest. That the youngest pregnant person was nine years old. I thought it was maybe five. It's, maybe it's five now. Maybe I saw an outdated one. But when I heard 10, I was like, that seems exceptionally abnormal. Yeah. Maybe that happens more that I just don't realize it because of course we don't there's a lot of things that happen in the world that are strange and odd and, and bad that we just aren't exposed to and don't see. I know somebody who works for Defax and Defax in like a really rough county. And the stories that they tell me they're just you just feel for the kids. You also yeah. kind of are, are afraid too cuz some of them the behavior they, they really get trained by the foster parents. So if the foster parents abuses the kid, yeah. the kid oftentimes, not all the time, oftentimes abuses the little brother, the little sister. They have to put locks on the doors and keep them separated in the foster home because the learned behavior that's come down from the horrible parents. And they often end up in drugs. They often, you know, they'll get picked up by a sex trafficking person and trafficked around. You won't see them for a while. I mean, it's a really tough job especially in some of these difficult areas. And you feel for kids who are in these situations. And that's that type of stuff, I thought about that when I, I was thinking about the story of the 10-year-old. Why isn't anybody saying that about the age? Is it just that self-apparent of how wretched that is? Or, or it just, it's a shocking number. And yeah. it comes off the way that that atrocity propaganda would come off. Not to say that it's not real. Atrocity propaganda works because atrocity stories, atrocities also happen. Yeah. But atrocities can also be staged. Now, I'm not saying this is staged. What I'm saying is that this is a weird story. If it is even, weird. A, even a fraction of what they say happened to this girl happened to her, even just a little bit of it, it's absolutely horrific, horrible, and, and you know, God bless her. What a terrible situation to be in. And what a sad thought that there are people in the world that do things like that. That, that well, makes me sad. Yeah. How awful is it for a like? Let's let's take it on at face value. Let's say this is a completely true story for a second. Uh, a yeah, lot I of think, it seems yeah. unbelievable, but let's 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 give them that. Can you imagine living in a world where you are a ten-year-old girl, you have been raped, and you've gotten pregnant, and you have an abortion? But that's not even the important part of this story. But since that happened, and since it's in the news. So many people and throughout time, through false allegations, through false Me Too's, through uh, propaganda across the world, no one can believe it when they first hear it. Yes, and that is one of the issues that has arisen here and has been framed by the progressive media as, well, look what you did to further victimize this little girl for right. not believing a story that had absolutely no evidence to it at first, that, that right. strangely had no evidence to it at first and strangely had no one responding to questions about where the evidence is until they just produced it. Like a setup. Super convenient. Yeah, and so we're supposed to ignore every single lie they've told us over and over again. I mean, there's a long list of lies the media has told us, hoaxes that they have propagated. They even told us through the New York Times and other outlets not long ago that they are spreading Stories that they know are not real, that are made up about yeah. the war in Ukraine, because 
they're justified in doing so because they have the moral position in this fight for democracy against authoritarianism and all that's evil. So it's okay to lie to us in those situations. When they tell us things like that, and then they turn around and say, you didn't believe it, and you didn't believe us, and therefore you're the reason this girl is being victimized again. You're raping her mentally. Right. That is so twist. I mean, that is sinister villain type behavior right there to try and do that type of stuff and frame themselves in the process as the trustworthy outlets. Look, we waited it out. We didn't say anything. Fox is the only one that said anything. These right-wing people are the only ones that said anything. We waited and we got the real story. You can trust us now. Yeah. What really threw up my red flags about this story is when I first heard about it, the first time that I heard it, I heard a congressman talking about it in, in Congress about something. The second time was I heard the clip of Biden saying it. And then the congressman was questioning whether it was true or not. It was a Republican. I can't remember who. And then I heard, I think it was Tucker Carlson maybe talking about, he was questioning whether it was real or I've not. I've met him before. Yeah, I know. You, you've been on the show before. I remember that. Yeah, lots of fun. And does everybody know that, not to get off track, but when you were on the show, so when we see you on TV, a lot of people I think don't realize this, we can see Tucker, we can see you, but you could not see Tucker, right? Right. Yeah. Which throws you off, especially when you're in this used to doing live shows online with cameras, like you're used Mm -hmm. to it and you think it's going to be easy, but when there's no picture of the other person, it, like it throws you off because I'm no, like, yeah, I'm yeah. not nervous to talk to people, but I am when I can't see you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he can see you. I, I'm assuming he can see you. Yeah. I, 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 I would don't know assume, what he's yeah. saying. He pro- probably can. But yeah, I can te- definitely tell when I'm watching TV. I've done, I've done a lot of film work and stuff. So I, I can kind of uh, sense the setup that's going on. And when people don't have a screen where they can see the other people, they listen with their, their eyes kind of direct where they're listening. So. Yeah. Whereas we're looking at each other, if I couldn't see you, our other senses would be picking up. And so we kind of uh, like I'd be looking down probably to my right ear listening because yeah. that's where you're coming from to me. And it's yeah. just it's interesting the way TV works sometimes. But uh, I thought you did a really good job on Tucker, by the way. Usually you. people, you know, people can uh, go a little crazy, but I thought you were level headed and had some great points. But when this stuff came in the media, Tucker was reporting yeah. it and then we had the I think the attorney general of Indiana was saying that he was going to investigate this doctor for potentially not reporting it on time um, because, you know, that that's a that's a crime, which this person has been accused of a number of times before. They act like it was crazy to suggest that she might have not reported this on time. This doctor is a radical progressive activist. Look her up. There's no doubt about it. And she has been accused in a number of cases. I don't think she's been convicted. So just being accused doesn't mean you're guilty. But. It's not crazy to think that she might have done something radical. Now, this and this, these people that were initially reporting the story are the very reason I stayed away from it because debunks or when we discover that something is fake often, it doesn't come first from the mainstream people, mainstream right. politicians, mainstream media. It typically emerges from an alternative news source. And that alternative news source typically provides so much evidence that it is indisputable that the yeah. thing was fake. And then because so much chatter happens around that on social media, it is forced into the mainstream. And then somebody like Tucker picks it up and does like an interview and, and features it. And then right. maybe a polit- politician mentions it. It never happens the other way around. It never starts with the politicians being the ones debunking the thing, saying that's fake. That is why I said, 
I, I'm not touching this. There's something yeah. going on here. And the why they jumped out there so quickly, it didn't make sense to me because looking at that story, it was vague. There was very little information, yes, but it wasn't so... Usually when you see a story like this, you can almost, if you do enough work, go debunk it yourself in a matter of a couple of hours. This story just had like very scant information. It was hard to really like tell. So there wasn't enough to say, yes, it's 100% true. And there definitely wasn't enough to say, yes, it's 100% false. Nothing to give somebody a reason to say, it's fake. That girl's not real. She never existed. Unless they're trying to intentionally provoke this conversation about, what sources media can use and the new types of sources that we're going to have to trust when the media tells us they have verified things and they haven't. And that's some clips I have from Brian Stelter's show, Reliable Sources, Most Unreliable Source on Television, hosted by a potato, (laughs) has these people on and they are talking about the new style of journalism, the new style of sourcing in this post-Roe v. Wade America. How you confirm facts when the ways that you used to confirm facts, they're not there. You can't do it those ways. And that's some of the stuff I'm going to play for you. Unfortunately, the clips that I have for you, I cut them in audio because I thought that I was going to use them in the show that I, I've recorded a show for tomorrow already. And I, did, I ended up not getting to them. So I brought them for today and I don't have the video. So I had to kind of rig a video together and all of the clips... I'm not going to have the greatest setup for them. I will have a little bit, so we'll kind of have to play it by ear. But I want to hear your response, and then we can go into some of these in a minute. And I just want to—I want to get your thoughts and thoughts from everybody in the chats about what these people are saying about the way they believe journalism is going to work moving forward. And they use this case of this girl as kind of an example. Let's see here, you got me. You muted there. You, you hear? You still? You still with me? Uh, I'm, I'm still with you. I, I didn't know if you were going to play the audio there. Or oh, not. no. I didn't know if you had any thoughts first. Oh, yeah. No, I do. Jump into it. Okay. I do. Um, so, what I was going to say is I, there are two points that I think are interesting about this story and where it sits right now. For one, I think that this really points out um, some flaws in their argument and their decision to run with this story. I think that they produced an unintended narrative here that if people are smart, especially on the pro-life side – they could latch onto and use in their own way. And mm-hmm. so if you look at this whole situation, you you see the activist abortionist, you see uh, this being reported on the news everywhere. Um, but what you don't notice if you're on their side is that if it weren't for this law change, if it weren't for this needing to be something that someone brought into the media then this this rapist may never have been caught may never have been reported period right and so like it it does kind of prove this idea that's out there that one of the primary one of the maybe not primary but one of the uses for abortion is for rapists incestuous fathers um different people that are just horrible to use abortion as birth control to cover up the evidence of their their misdeeds and so it's it's in there so if people are wanting to have these conversations and wanting to to use not not i don't like the idea of using a um uh these these tragedies like this but if you want to use this as an example or a case study you can show very clearly that that's true that rapists are 
bettered when abortion is easy and available and they can erase the evidence of their their rape. All I'm going to say with that. Second point was, you know, that with this, excuse me, you know, that with this specific story, um, it happened so fast after Roe versus Wade that one of two, right. That after one of two things happened, either um, they have some really talented tragedy scouts at these different news outlets uh-huh. who are who are ready and looking and trying to find something that, yep. that can, they can get that day. Or they've been sitting on this story right. for the last however long. Yeah. Dude, that's and, exactly what I thought. They had this story in their pocket. Uh, that's what I yeah. think. I think they had this story in their pocket. And, uh, you know, they, 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 ha- they say that the abortion was done on June 30th. So I, I guess they could argue otherwise that way. But so the way that I think they do it, and I read this in this article written by Linda Sarsour when she was writing about how they arranged the protest against Brett Kavanaugh. It was a really insightful article about the inner workings of these, you know, really crazy activists. And what they do is they do, they scout out. So they have these indivisible like activist groups all over the country. They set up cells, like sleeper cells, and as many counties as possible i believe individual boasts that they have somebody in like every county or every precinct in the country and which i don't know what's going to do when you have a a bunch of cucks spread around the country it's not not really going to be that that um powerful but they scout out people in their groups so they're always recruiting people and when they recruit people they are keeping an eye on what these people could do what role they could play what victim they could play what relation they could, how they could be connected to certain individuals in power, and they just have kind of like a pool of people ready. So if if so and so is going to be on the spotlight, then we're going to get so and so. If Kavanaugh, then we're going to bring in so and so, somebody who went to high school with. Let's get somebody in the group who was in high school at the same time as Brett Kavanaugh. Let's get somebody in the group who you know whatever who's just in some way loosely connected six degrees of separation to whatever figure that they might need to oppose at some point in time and when that time comes they call up that person that that person becomes an outspoken evangel you know evangelical against the person that they're speaking out against and regardless of the truth of anything they say regardless of any evidence they get the full support of all these activists and the yeah. screaming support of all of them and, and i mean that's linda sarsour she is an activist saying that that's how they do it and i think it's going to be the same thing in the case of the media because the media is activism right now it's absolutely activism there's a show that i did last week it's about 15 minutes it is i go through the it's another interview with stelter and some local news journalist from Texas and from the AJC. I think I told you a little bit about this too, Cam. And the whole idea is that what are local news doing to shed light on all these horrible issues like climate change in the January 6th hearings, even though people are having pain in their wallets? And it's just some local news organizations because they believe that people trust these organizations more than they trust the national media. The local news guy from the AJC even said, we've done it. We've even we've done a survey. We know that we're more trusted than the national news media because we're at the ball game with you. Our kids are at the bus stop with you. We go to the playground. It's just, it's just total BS that he's spouting. Kevin Ryan leave the AJC. AJC's gone downhill. They've been sold out, and they are bought and paid for by the Google News Initiative. I show this on that show, and that's how they're controlled. And 
the, the same thing, they, they have these control mechanisms over all of these, at least a lot of these things, that they use to exercise control, and they bring people in, and then they get the friendly media like the AJC, the local news reporting, so it seems more legit, and they report it, quote, from the ground up, but it's all coming from the top down. I agree with you. I think they had something in the can. I think they had a handful of people, people ready. I think when Biden said that, my initial thought was, Biden said that somebody got raped that was 10. I don't know that we're sure that the person that he was told about <laughs> is actually the person that we're, we're now talking about. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, it just all seems disconnected and loose. And because the person's 10, we don't want to violate that kid's privacy, obviously. The, the person who's really, if we assume this story is true, the person who's suffering here is the kid. Yeah. And, and as uh, Kat said, as Mr. Duke said, this is these were illegal immigrants. Now they don't like to talk about that, but they were. But a question does come to mind if you don't know that is what about the parents? Where were the parents? How was this kid in a position to be raped by this person twice? That is not I mean, that's a parenting fault too. Well, if they were illegal immigrants in a situation or if they were traveling over the border, I don't know what the situation was, then that would help explain some of that. Was he a coyote? Is the question. No, he, I don't think it was a coyote. <laughs> and what what were what were they allegedly whipping people off of before that they weren't really doing. Oh, they had, it was the reins on the, is it longer reins on the horse? And they were, oh, yeah, they, yeah. They, they said they were literally whipping them like slaves. No, they weren't actually. You're totally wrong. <laughs> and we have, we have stupid here. So we have a, a commenter. His name, name is stupid. I like that. It's what every girl I've ever dated has called me. So I can relate. <laughs> it's a pet it says, name. Yeah, that's how you know all the fake shootings when they give out minors' names, but a random minor gets shot in the street. You know, that's, very, that's an interesting point. Yeah, they, they do sometimes do that. You know, the shootings are interesting. So the previous one, I can't, I can't remember which one, but there was, I think, the two shootings ago. <laughs> all of them were reporting the name, had no problem reporting the name. It's the name the of the name shooter? Out. Yeah, the name of the shooter. Spit the name out left and right. And then the father, because we, I think we talked about it. We talked yeah. about what happened to not saying the name of the shooter, to not giving right. them attention. And then the next shooting that happened, Anderson Cooper, who was saying the name over and over again previously, goes, as always, we're not going to say the shooter's name here because we're not going to give them attention. I'm like, you said it last time, MFR. <laughs> you said it last. It's so, it's so, but it doesn't matter. It's so like compartmentalized and. I think they probably have very soulless lives. I think Anderson Cooper probably, I know he's got, uh, ba he's like 60 and he's got like a one-year-old baby. And he goes home to probably his big empty Vanderbilt house, sits and drinks a cocktail and probably is very sad for a, yeah. a little while. I but I mean, these these big names, the Stet Stetlers, I can't ever say that dude's name. It doesn't, right. Stelter. Yeah, Stelter. The Stelters, the Anderson Coopers, the Rachel Maddows, how soulless these people are. But just imagine how soulless you have to be in order to be a tragedy scout for these major news networks. Like you, your job is to find the the hurt and the broken and, and, and use their story to make your agenda points. Right. Like and that totally. soullessness. Well, and they bring them in too. They build it into their forms, I'm sure. Because yeah. they bring these activists in and they they target them in their recruitment. You can see this in the doc. So Indivisible, I make fun of them a lot. I will give them credit for this. If you go to their website, they have resources about how to do everything that they do. How they recruit people, how they appeal to them, 
how they organize meetings, how they run and control group meetings, how they get people to take action. It's a nice little resource. It's like a, a propaganda of the deed, just resource full of everything of direct action techniques that they use, stupid activism stuff that they do. I've been trying to compile a list of the dumbest acts of activism ever, <laughs> like a list of like 50. I've been, I've been doing oh. that. I'm going to bring it to a show eventually. Because I, I saw the story about the climate activists the other day who like glued their hands to a van gogh painting something stupid like that <laughs> yeah to an oil painting as if that was remotely deep but no there was another one there was i forget the the shooter's name there was a a man um who was in his apartment and he was taking shots at other apartments not that long ago like was shooting at other apartments and this woman who she had her apartment shot into and so over like a i want to say four hour standoff with the police and his dad yeah. begging them to answer um he BLM was he up. was killed yeah, yeah. oh right he, yeah by a sniper and so then uh this i i saw this the other day and it was the dumbest activism i've seen in a long time but there were a bunch of people who had congregated to protest the killing of this man who was shooting at other people's apartments, that apartment, that woman had two kids and they had to, they had to flee. And I see this video of these people protesting and up walks this woman or drives up this woman who was shot at by this man. And she just uh -huh. gives it to him. And these people are bewildered because they've never had pushback from a victim before. Yeah. I heard some of that. And what was interesting to me was this was a person who before that day, might have been protesting with them. Right. This was somebody who was for Her the, the BLM cause, and she's sitting there saying, he tried to shoot and kill me. He yeah. tried to kill me, and the protesters are shouting back at her, some of them, well, you're alive, you didn't die, so what? You're I mean, it's... Yeah. These ta so these tactics, if you go to these trainings, man, it, it's, it can be tedious sitting through these trainings, and it's always like 45-year-old, very liberal white woman with a short haircut <laughs> who is talking about how racist white people are and how black and then telling black people how they're supposed to act. That's usually how they work. Yeah. So <laughs> here's, here's the thing. People want us to talk about something. What so is do it? you want to, do, do you want to talk about the, the thing AOC perp about? walk? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I see that. Let's talk about the AOC perp walk. It, it's probably pretty hot. If it's, you know, <laughs> AOC's well, not bad looking. She's not. She's not. Um, but so 17 members of Congress were arrested during a Supreme Court protest, Capitol Police say. And we can trust the Capitol Police. We know that by now. Wait a um, minute. Yeah. OK, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, you know, the, the whole squad was there. Ayanna, Ayanna Presley. Um, what's that woman's name? Omar. Elon Omar. Yeah. Elon um, Omar. She's not uh, bad looking either. AOC, I mean, she married her brother, but that's fine. Um, AOC, <laughs> um, just there were a bunch of them there. I think uh, the assistant speaker of the house was also there. And so Ooh. I, you see this video of AOC and all of them being walked by the police. And they right. all have their, their hands behind their backs as if they have um, handcuffs, handcuffs on. on. Well, let me, and let me, then they go. Let me point out a comment. Oh, they didn't have handcuffs <laughs> on. They were fake. Oh, my. That's unbelievable. There were no handcuffs. There were no handcuffs. We have Sir Tim Tunnels here says in the chats, cuff me, daddy. AOC, probably quoting AOC, probably. Right. But if you, AOC if you is watch... probably going, ow, they're hurting my wrist. They're hurting my <laughs> wrist. I'm getting gang raped. Like, that's what she did. Her claim about the January 6th thing. She claimed to feel like she was about to get gang raped. 
And it turns out she was like across the street. However, that does not invalidate that feeling because that's what a lot of this is about. It's not about the reality. It's not about the truth. It's about the narrative. And if she felt like she was going to get gang raped, even though she was across the street near nobody, then that's still valid. That's the way they justify oh, of course. this BS. Like that guy, yeah. Alex Stein, from uh, that we talked about previously, who was yeah. like, look at AOC, the big booty Latina. Like she legitimately made that situation out to be as if he was trying to get her and she yeah, was going to go over and punch him. Yeah. None of what she says is remotely true ever, but it was funny seeing some of them walk and, you know, Elon Omar has her hands behind her back. And then one, I think it was Ayanna Presley or someone else. I'm not sure which was walking a ahead of her with her hands behind her back as well. And she went like this to someone and then put her hands back <laughs> behind her back. It's like, she's so strong. <laughs> she ripped him apart. It's just incredible. And then, wow. so I, I, I found a picture because um, on my, I re retweeted it because that's the person that I am. Um, but uh, Corey Bush, that was the one of the other women that was there. Uh, she said, uh, she posted a picture of all five of them, like doing the black power salute thing. Hey, and yeah, uh, I got, you sent me that one. I'm going to try and share it. And uh, so she said, the Supreme Court will not stop us. Even though they arrested us, we won't stop our organizing, agitating, and legislating for justice. We got us. And I, of course, I retweeted that picture and I said, oh, oh, wow. Imagine what would have happened if they were white. Um, right. <laughs> uh, can you see that? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I think my, my favorite response uh, was after that. Someone said, were they arrested or escorted back to their limos? And I said, I assume they were they were taken to protest box seating. Yeah, right. Exactly. They were, they, were, they were taken away from all of the, the bystanders. They didn't want to be bothered by any of the other activists. Like this photo, who's taking this photo? I want to know. And I want to know what's going on around this photo, the context of this. this very Because they're all very casual. They're all very, very relaxed, except the, yeah, I'll share it again, except the woman on the end here. Oh, can you see it? Or did I take it down? There you go. There you go. Except, except the... The, the, the black woman over there, she looks like she's hardcore. The woman next to her looks like a mom who's just like having a good time doing a 5K or something like that. <laughs> uh, the one in the middle looks like she's pretending to be mad. The uh, Omar looks like she, it, it, she looks like she's like upset, like she got in a fight with her husband. And she's barely kind of putting a smile on just to get through this. And AOC is very happy that her boyfriend's taking the picture for everybody because he's kind of a cuck. I think that's what's going on. <laughs> well, I mean, it's and it's incredible to see this narrative paired with this photo. We were arrested, but look, we're, we have our picture. They, they didn't say we took this before we got arrested. They didn't clarify. It's just we got arrested. Do you really think AOC is in jail right now? No. I have my doubts. They like to say that. <laughs> and so getting she's arrested. Gonna write, she's going to write letters from a Washington prison. Well, I, they try to get arrested. So we see them do this at these profiles where they, not profiles, these protests where they go scream and yell and go crazy. And they basically force the police officers to arrest them. I have a clip that I used to play. I should find it again and, and let you hear it. Where it's Jane Chikowsky from Chicago, a senator. And she is doing a conference she's leading a conference a training at netroots nation do you know what netroots nation is mm -mm. it's a yearly and annual activist training thing that is like a really hardcore direct action tactics thing stacy abrams goes stacy abrams when she's talking to cnn and when she's talking to other people on like regular television she sounds like she sounds like a very well put together 
you know, linebacker for the Falcons. But when she's <laughs> in her element, when she's talking to like a black church, like her, her mom and dad were both evangelical Christian preachers. They still are. When she's talking to activists, she, she pull, I mean, she is a different person. Yeah. Completely different person. I mean, she's a lot better speaker when she's in her element there than when she pretends to be something that she's not. But that's what this train is. It's a, like two week long activist training where they get into like very the details of what they need to do, how they need to do it, you know, specific things they need to see. And one of the things Jan Schakowsky said, her husband, by the way, was Bob Creamer. I, th- I think he might have died, but he Creamer? was a J- Yeah, I know it's a weird name. It's <laughs> something it's either something you want in your coffee or, or something very disgusting. He yeah. was uh a, he went to jail because of something he did with the Clintons. I can't remember exactly what it was. But she said in this training, she says, What we need to see is we need photos and she was holding up newspapers and showing them on every major publication in the country of police officers yanking people in wheelchairs out of their wheelchairs and throwing them on the ground and then right after that we see these protests where nothing but people in wheelchairs are in front at at the capitol refusing to leave being belligerent the only way they will leave is if the officers pull them out of the wheelchair so that's how they force i'm not saying that everything the cops do is right of course it's not obviously but when they know that they can put these officers in those positions that will give them a photo op that they can fundraise off of that they can lie to their constituents off of and and the voters off of and they can build their own political power off of i don't think that these these four here these five here they probably don't even like each other i mean they don't look like a group of people who ever actually hang out I only ever yeah. see them in Congress. I doubt they're ever hanging out in the bar. They probably despise each other because they're all kind of similar, and they all want, well, at least Omar and... They all probably right. have the same agent. Right. They, they have the same agent. They're fighting for the same roles, and they are probably all have aspirations for a bigger role. AOC would be the one who would actually have a, not a legitimate chance because she's like smarter, has good policies or anything, because she's the Trump of the left, and people don't always yeah. like it when I say that, but Trump is the AOC of the right. Why? Because they both are like P.T. Barnum. They both know how to work the media like a fiddle, and they both know how to piss off the opposition in a way that puts them in the spotlight. They're both exceptional at that. And right now, that's the type of candidate that runs. People who are the best trollers in public media and the best – so you have to be the best funded also. These are the people who are winning office. It's a nation of trolls – that we're living in, and we're electing trolls. You could run for president, Cam. I could. I should. Uh, Will you be 35 in 2024 yet? 2024? Oh, God. I'm 33 now. Should be. Yeah. By the end of it. You got my vote, Cam. Cam for president. I'm going to say it right now. (laughs) Um, But one of the things I wanted to point out about this is the the Capitol Police said that they made a total of 35 arrests for crowding, obstructing, or incommoding which I've never heard that word before. Uh, and it included 17 members of Congress. You so they were incom- incommoding. Is that the word? Incommoding. I've never heard this word in my Sounds life, like a, but that's interesting. we like, we get to learn. Let's look it up real quick. Incommoding means don't, don't, don't do an image search. Yeah. Inconveniencing. Well, that, yeah. It's interesting. It's like a commode and feels. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I would have thought poop, but you know, so I didn't, they weren't crapping on the street, unfortunately. Um, but they had perched themselves on the the corner of uh, First Street Northeast near the Capitol building, and they were blocking the street. And so the Capitol Police told them to move three times, and after the third time, they arrested them. My question is, there were 35 arrests, and 17 of those, roughly half, 
were members of Congress. You can't tell me that this wasn't planned to be arrested when half of them were members of Congress. Of course, of course, they arranged it. Absolutely, this was it was probably on their calendar as thirty members of Cong- Congress get arrested today. It's all this public narrative. There's no actual consequences of them getting arrested. What's his name? Saul Alinsky and Hitler, and really probably other activists as well. But those are the books that I that I, I've seen them talk about it, and they advocated for getting arrested for themselves and for other activists that wanted to build their stature and their popularity because getting arrested gave you street cred. Solinsky talks very explicitly about this. You get arrested, it, one thing it does is it gives you time to write a memoir, which you can then use to organize with, to raise money off of. It gives you a chance to, to think things through, to organize your thoughts for a minute, to get away from everything. And most of all, it gives you street cred because you got arrested for the cause. You know, they cheapen it now because they, you know, they all get arrested. There's no consequences. They're out in a few hours. But that was, that is the theory that they're falling on that is it gives them street cred. Look, I've been arrested for this cause. Have you? I've been dragged down. You know, AOC be like, I was raped all the way to the police station by everybody in sight. They stopped and they let people just passing by who didn't even want to rape me, rape me. Everybody raped me all the way to the police station. I was only there for three hours. I got raped by 3,000 people. That's the type of story that she tells. Well, and, and you you mentioned Hitler, which of course Mein Kampf was allegedly written while he was in prison, right? Yeah, that's what he says, yeah. Right? And so then you have, it. I made the joke, I don't know if you caught the joke, but I made the joke that she was going to write um, letters from a Washington prison <laughs> yeah. because of Martin Luther King Jr. who wrote letters from a Birmingham prison. And I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm hearing you say this and how this is a propaganda yep. move. And I'm like, MLK used the propaganda move. Holy well, you look, they they all use the propaganda move, man. MLK, a lot of people oh. think might have been captured by the communists. It doesn't change the fact that MLK was, in my opinion, the best speaker, the best orator mm-hmm. of all time. And the messages that he delivered in his speaking were, I think, from what I understand of his speaking, were moral and were inspirational and were not divisive. Yeah. So regardless of what tactics he might have used, I think we can take away those good aspects of the things that he did do. And also, you know, they're trying to rewrite his, you know, MLK. So I saw Stacey Abrams at a Brookings Institution talk. She was like the main speaker at some stupid talk at the Brookings Institution. They were all, you know, you know, over Stacey Abrams because, you know, she's she's very well endowed there. More so than Michelle Obama, definitely. And she was talking about, you know, activism and what has to be done. And one of the people there raised their hand. Their question was, but because she was promoting identity politics. That was the main theme of her speech. Identity politics is a good thing. It helps us get what we want. That was the, the theme. And the person raised their hand and they were a Brookings Institute person. They're probably fired or dead at this point after asking this question. But they said, isn't what you're saying, isn't it contradictory to what Martin Luther King preached that he I'm going to butcher his quote but you know when nobody sees color whatever all, all, all the stuff he said it's that's the worst quote of Martin Luther King anybody's ever given <laughs> not even yes, close it, it's yeah. like, you like know, Martin, I have a dream like Martin Luther King said nobody sees color all crowns are the same <laughs> I don't know if that's I don't know if that's the right quote but 
the guy stated that quote, when you judge people not by the color of your skin, it, it was that quote. Right, the content of their character rather right, than the exactly. color of their skin. And Abrams said, no, 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 that's not what he meant. What he said is not what he meant. Here is what he meant. He actually did judge people by the content, uh, by the color of their... So she took a quote from Martin Luther King and said, that's not what he meant. The thing that everybody has kind of for decades said, this is a great inspirational message. And she said, everybody's always been wrong. I, Stacey Abrams, am going to tell you what Martin Luther King, who's now dead, actually meant. Well, you know, you know, there's a current fight against Martin Luther King because they have to venerate him. But at the same time, he stood. So really they would rather have had Malcolm X at this point. If Malcolm X had come out on top in this, this conversation, Stacey Abrams would be talking about Malcolm X and she'd be speaking truthfully. But the fact is Malcolm, uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. He really fought and spoke about kind of the equality of the races and um, kind of becoming better and, and, and kind of assimilating in a sense, you know what I yeah, mean? It did. was, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't about separatism. It wasn't about the differences. It was about, uh, in some people would say, I've, I've seen them say it online that they prefer Martin or yeah, they prefer Malcolm X because Martin Luther King wanted to turn them white. And so there's this internal struggle, I think, where yeah, MLK is the biggest name on the block and he was the most powerful and he did the most work, but they really wish they could be separatists again and really focus on identity. That makes sense from Stacey Abrams' standpoint, that what you said there. Um, so his speech, he's seen the mountaintop. If you haven't watched Martin Luther King's speeches, and I'm sure most of you have, watch him. He, yeah. he is just for the sake of even if you don't like him, just for the the skill of oration and the passion because he was a minister. Oftentimes, ministers, black ministers especially, they can be very very moving and they it can really get into to preach in their sermon. And nobody spoke like Martin Luther King did. And I'm glad that he, regardless of the other stuff, a lot of people do think he was captured, compromised by the by by the communist. I don't know. He left us with some amazing inspirational speeches. And another great speech, if you like watching speeches, every now and then I'll just watch old speeches for an hour because a really good old, old speech, we don't have too many of those these days because they're all canned, they're all scripted, they're all the same thing. But these, some of these old speeches, like the best ones of all time, they'll just make your body tingle. The, the one I'm thinking about is, not JFK, his brother, RFK, shortly after MLK died, he was about to give a speech, and this was probably some sort of, freaking psyop now that now that i'm saying it out loud he was in a <laughs> like an area and he was in gary indiana i think and i don't know if you've ever been through gary indiana gary indiana is a rough part of town it's right near the south side of chicago it used to be like the murder capital of the world before mm. i think chicago took that over i used to drive through there all the time and i lived up there and he was given he was about to go to this speech he, i think he was running for president and it was nothing but, but but black people that he was speaking to and word just came in right before the speech that mlk had been assassinated and he gets on the back of a truck and rfk gives a speech about that about his brother that is it's hard not to get teary-eyed what those guys you know they might have been they might have been degenerates i don't know what the backstory is of all of them i know what we're told but man could they speak and man, could they move people? And that's exactly the type of propaganda we should make sure we don't let, allow ourselves to get captured by. But also, <laughs> it, is, it is fun to watch them 
to watch the skill that they have in that right because we don't really see people with that kind of skill today. Um, I would say if you're going to look up a speech, one of my favorite ones is the um, the Goldwater speech, um, which was written by Carl Hess, who was an anarchist. And he wrote the speech for Barry Goldwater, the most famous line of it being, you know, extremism in, de- in defense of liberty is no vice. Moderation in pursuit of justice is, is of no virtue. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great like if you're going to look at some speeches, that one's a pretty solid one. It is. By it, it's, too. And it's like it's tough to look at it. So when when you're like us, when you're like people listen to us and we're all very conspiratorial, we ask questions and we see the way history is being rewritten. So like the January 6th hearing, part of their agenda is to create a historical record of what happened right. on that fateful day. So in like 50 years or so, the public school system, the kids are learning about how horrible January 6th was as though it's like, you know, 9-11 or something like that. To, right. to them, it'll probably be no different. That's what they're trying to create. And when we see that happening, it makes you stop and look back at history and go, it's probably nothing that we've been told. That's right. It might be like a, a little, you know, a little bit of truth in a lot of it. But the fact is that a lot of the heroes that we that were portrayed to us growing up and everything – they're definitely going to be flawed because humans are flawed. We're all flawed. And there's, there's a possibility that they've, they've been captured by somebody. But I don't think that that invalidates the positive messages like that you just pulled out yeah. or the positive, the positive things that people can take away from. It. Now, if, when we're affected in negative ways, that's not necessarily good. But if we can look at them for the good things that they left on the world, the planet, and take those things away, then I think that we can use that for good. Because, yeah... They try and capture everybody with influence. I mean, that is what they do. Do they succeed all the time? I, I don't know. I don't know. But they try to. It's a constant right. battle. And people do think it's one-sided. They think the fight is one-sided. Nothing's ever one-sided, even if it looks that way. There's always a pushback. There's always a counterforce. It's, it's the laws of nature, man. It's just always yeah. a counterforce. If there wasn't well, – yeah, good. No, I was just going to say, and it's, it's it, if you think of MLK being used as propaganda, if you think of RFK being used as propaganda, you can't forget Rosa Parks. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm from Alabama, so I mean, like this is this is my history. Yeah, you know, you've been on like, that my bus? shameful history. Yeah, right? racist. Um, you know, I've I've <laughs> driven past. I was at the Fourth Street Church that was blown up or whatever it was. Um, but no, it's it's there was a, a girl. I want to say her name was like Claudette or Cora. I can't remember exactly, but I think she was 15 years old. She was black, and I believe she was pregnant. And so she had essentially what happened with Rosa Parks happen to her. But the people who were behind the civil rights movement decided that that wasn't good mm-hmm. optics. Yeah, they for chose what they Rosa were Parks. Going for. So they right. chose Rosa Parks to do yeah. it again, get yep. it set up, and move with it. That's a very interesting point. I remember that story now that you bring it up. A lot of these stories, they are, they're really public relations moments. There's yeah, a book. Matthew Shepard. Uh, yeah, dude. Absolutely. Go. You told that story before. If you want to reiterate yeah. it real quick, I know some people were like blown away by that the last time. Oh no! I, I mean, it, it blew it blew me away. The fact that you know you you hear the story of Matthew Shepard, who's been used to make a lot of different um, like hate crime laws, which are thought thought crime laws, um, because the the common story is that he was just a gay man who was beaten up and killed and set on fire because he was a gay man by two rednecks who didn't know him, but. More real story is he he worked as a prostitute and so did one of the guys who killed him. Not only did they work together, but they had 
a romantic relationship with one another in some way. And then you put on top of that that Matthew Shepard apparently had $10,000 worth of methamphetamines in his house that these two people had talked about getting from him. It, it's not at all two random rednecks he'd never met before doing a hate crime. Yeah, it's someone right. trying to steal meth. Right. And that's yeah, not no, the best story. No, it's not the best story. <laughs> and, and that's why they don't tell those stories. You look. So there's this book here. Where is it? This book, if you can see it, I recommend this book all the time. Propaganda Techniques in World War. It just goes through. It's a guy named Harold Laswell. He's a communications pioneer. He ran in the same circles as Bernays, as all the other members of the Committee on Public Information, the Creole Committee, the propaganda organization for the United States in World War I. And he just deconstructs the propaganda and the lies that we committed, that we did, that other countries did. And it just lays everything out very, very vividly and very openly. Because when they wrote these books, they, they typically wrote them for each other. You know, they weren't really mass produced at that time and sent everywhere. And you couldn't get them on the Internet back then. There was no Internet. And they're very blatant about, you know, these things that the world is complex, it's complicated, but we get overwhelmed with stuff. We get overwhelmed with information. Our brains can only hold you know, a certain amount of new information at a time before our cognitive resources drain. So they simplify things and then make them clear cut. Good guys, bad guys, winners, losers. And then they direct people towards whichever one is going to help them serve their agenda. And, and, and that is a shame because the reality is that humans are flawed. We're all flawed. Everybody has bad you know, parts in their life, things that they wouldn't want to be made public, just like, just like the, uh, the swimmer you're talking about, just like Martin Luther King, just like, maybe not just like it. Th those guys are involved in some stuff that you know, a lot of us have probably never, never been involved in, but we all have bad stuff. We all have complicated stuff. And nothing is ever going to be the rosy, I'm just a victim, very innocent, did nothing, he's just an evil villain. It's always going to be a gray area, but they don't like to tell us about that gray area because they don't want people thinking. They want people responding to emotions. Thinking is the enemy of these people. The second we start thinking, the second we, start, we stop and say, wait a minute, even though I trust you normally, I'm going to critically think about this instead of swallowing it whole. Then they yeah. say, oh, shoot. We can't let that happen, and they'll try to overwhelm you with stuff. Thinking, pausing, not necessarily having a hot take on everything. I was talking about this the other day. is actually a form of resistance because the more yeah. we do that, the less they control us. Yeah. Well, I, I would say it's interesting how um, propaganda in Hollywood depart, like state-sanctioned propaganda in Hollywood depart because you know they, they like to simplify the bad guy, the good guy, within – the state propaganda you need to know this story is very simple this is bad this is good but if you look at hollywood stories the more you pay attention to um villains those villains are more and more relatable with every movie you see they have to be able to convince you of these awful ideas in in, in some way right and they, so they want you to sympathize right but and so they, they take an awful idea like thanos wanting to destroy half of all life in the universe and they they turn that into understandable when it's not at all yeah right I, I, exactly and it's almost like a pattern of normalizing the the making the bad guy the good guy making people want to be more the joker right. than than the other which you know it, it can be alluring to that and i think with a lot of stuff and the media so I, the show that i'm posting tomorrow i talk about this subject so i'm going to do a little bit of it now the indirect versus direct propaganda. Uh, by the way, we have here from 
we have Sir Tim of Tunnels. He wants us to run together as as president in 2024. I'll be your vice president. I'm okay. I'll be your Kamala. I'm fine with I'm that. just saying, someone needs to make us up some some posters. I, I don't want to have to do all the work for this. Someone makes us posters. I will. We can make them our profile pictures on Twitter. I'm just saying. Absolutely. Stella. Yeah, Zach here says that Stacey Abrams is a Bloomberg corporate shill, bastardizing the idea of left. Absolutely. Filling the void caused by unlimited money trying to corrupt, censor, and destroy any left leader who followed those previously assassinated. That might be the left we deserve. You know, Stacey Abrams, you're right in, in that she does destroy the left. I'm not going to tell the whole story of when I revealed and nobody else in the country had done it yet, and she hadn't done it yet. They buried it that she burned a flag in protest and she was a leader of the Martin Luther King riots in Atlanta, which destroyed the cities, even though she claimed not to be. It's in the, it's in the AJC newspapers, in the archives. I have copies of them. That was instantly ambushed when I reported it as a couple years ago on WSB and spun into this idea, first of all, that it just emerged on social media. Secondly, that she did a good thing. That actually what she did was she burned the flag and then the racist symbol, the Confederate symbol, got taken off the Georgia flag, which that's not true at all. The fact is, the symbol was about to get taken off the flag because there was a bipartisan effort to do so when she burned it on the steps of the Capitol and the Democrat governor at the time, the Democrat black police chief at the time, all told her, begged her to please stop. She was in college at Spelman. Said, please stop. We, we're going to get this done. This is done. You are sabotaging it, Stacey Abrams. And she refused to stop because they need these issues to gain political power. They need them to exist. They don't try and solve them. And you're yep. exactly right about Abrams. She, she pretends to try and represent people. The reality is she makes sure the problems continue to exist, just like all of these other politicians do. The, the politician that runs like on the platform of, I want to get my job over with as quickly as possible. I don't want to be in office this long. I'm done on this day. If we don't get the problem solved, th then that, if they're being legitimate— the person who's trying to make themselves obsolete as a politician is the person that you probably want being a politician. All the yeah. other ones, not really. Oh, you I mean you know there's there's that old which I'm sure is propaganda in and of itself, but there's that old saying about how um, George Washington uh, didn't want to be president. He just wanted to go back to Mount yeah. Vernon or whatever, and that's why he was so good at being president. It's like no, he did the whiskey rebellion. He was he was the first president and also the first president to violate the constitution. So, well, it's gotta be whatever. first or anything, I guess. All right. So we've gone an hour or so. And what I'm going to do is we're going to go to the XR and I'm going to do some of those clips in the XR. We'll probably do a bit of an extended XR as well. Cause I do want to hear some of your thoughts on that. Some of these clips are very, they're interesting. I like to watch the, the Sunday shows because they seem from my experience to kind of foretell what the week is going to be about, what the next couple of weeks are going to be about, because they have the legislators on who are slipping their propaganda in in either direct or indirect ways, which I was going to talk about. The direct, So the direct type of propaganda, the over-the-top, hit-us-over-the-head propaganda we see all the time that we recognize as propaganda. The indirect propaganda, typically, even though we recognize it in movies, comes like through movies, comes through entertainment in ways that the idea is for us to not recognize, that creates resonance inside of us that puts ideas in us that makes us think that we came up with them on our own spontaneously causing us to be committed to them 
and radicalizing people. That's the indirect propaganda. And that's what the culture and the movies and stuff, even though they've gotten too over the top to do that with some aspects of it, there's still underlying indirect propaganda that is really the most dangerous stuff. And we often miss it because we're distracted by the other obvious blatant propaganda. Someone made a movie about that. Really? I don't know if you remember it. There's a whole movie about indirect propaganda. Um, It's called uh, Inception. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah, and Inception. And you know what happens in Inception is if you fall asleep for too long, you become trans. Yes, exactly. Yes, That's the ending. Surprise, Leonardo DiCaprio is a woman. Right. Well, that that other person in there is in is the what's her name Elliot now. Yeah, that too. <laughs> she. We'll talk about that in XR. She's. I, I've been watching Umbrella Academy, which she he is in. Which it's just man. I wish I could show you clips. I should. I can't get clips of it. It's on the streaming service. But man, it's just they force this trans storyline into it, and you can tell that the writers were like, oh god. So so we got to all right, and you can tell the scenes that they just jammed in there. Yeah. And she is, he is always first in the credits at the end. So it ends, it goes, boom, 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 music always puts him, his Elliot Page, well, I think Page's name, first in yeah. big, bold letters, and then everybody else's name gets to come <laughs> after that. Trump's genealogy is interesting, says Cornelius Wolfshirt. You know, I believe if I recall correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, if his grandmother's name is Christ, Trump's grandmother, I think his grandmother's name is Christ. I'm not sure if I'm pretty sure that's correct. Somebody, yeah, his grandmother's name is Christ. I remember that now. And propaganda does begin with Sesame Street, and that is dirty. It's like Disney World. Christ Trump. I knew it. Elizabeth Christ Trump. That's his grandmother, and his uncle is Uncle, I think, John Trump, who, when Tesla, the famous Tesla, not Tesla, the car, but the really smart guy, the scientist who invented all this stuff, a lot of people thought was an alien, when Tesla died, in like 1942, the person, so the FBI showed up to confiscate all of Tesla's papers because Tesla was writing about time travel. He was writing about aliens. He was writing about free energy, earthquake machines, all kind of crazy stuff. I mean, Tesla, if you read some of his biographies and some of the stuff he wrote, what an interesting and weird dude he was. And I can't remember who the writer was. It was like a, what's the writer? It was like a really well-known, like Mark Twain or somebody was like his buddy. Mark Twain was, I think it was Mark Twain, was always hanging out at his, you know, his science office, watching him do experiments. It's like the coolest stuff. And the FBI confiscated all of his materials and they classified it. But the person they gave them to, all of Tesla's papers, was John Trump, Trump's uncle, Hmm. who then, in a newspaper about eight years after Tesla died, is credited with curing cancer. I have a newspaper clipping that credits Trump's uncle with curing cancer using Tesla's machines and technology that he was given by the FBI. He then went on to work for the British to develop weapons using Tesla's technology. It, it is really interesting how these, these families are, are elite. The, like the Mayflower families, I believe. What's the guy who does Family Guy? Who created Family Guy? Farland. McFarlane is like a Mayflower family. Like his family is descended from the first people who were in the country. It's, it's fascinating stuff. Okay. All right. We're going to go to the XR and we're going to continue this conversation. Thank you guys for listening. If you guys want to participate in the XR, if you want to get this content later on when it's uploaded to audio, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. If you want to stick around and watch the video here with us, then you can go to rockfin.com and go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you all next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.